night or day. Right now, we're going to be praying in other tongues for the next 15 minutes, and I'm going to be reading the scriptures to us, First Timothy from verse 2. Quickly open that. Hallelujah. First Timothy from chapter 2 from verse 1, it says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Right now we're praying. We're praying for all men. Hallelujah. We're praying for salvation, salvation of souls all around. Today, you know, it's going to be a couple of um, days, almost um, 12 days that we're going to be praying for the missionaries that are being rolled out into the world, that they are having encounters, angelic encounters, hallelujah, that will knock them right into salvation, hallelujah. We're going to be praying specifically for people in our self contacts, hallelujah, people in your nation, people in your country for salvation. Let's go ahead and speak in other tongues right now. Kindly unmute yourself and let's pray in tongue for the salvation of souls all around the world. Taking your country, praying for your country, hallelujah. At the same time, praying for all the Rabba <laughs> 
Oh, dear Lord, thank you, Lord. 
Oh Lord, we bless your holy name, oh God, we worship you, oh God. We thank you, Pastor for by your spirit of God, you taught us through a man of God that it is good and right for us to pray for all men. Hallelujah. Pray for all men that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Pray for the salvation of souls, oh God. As we have acted in accordance with your word and still acted in accordance with your word. Yes, hallelujah. We see miracles, signs and wonders taking place in all over the world. Hallelujah. In different nations and different territories. We see a huge harvest of souls 
hallelujah, of different people, hallelujah, from different walks of life, from different regions, hallelujah. Ligru sakata la mashakataya, orakela mando brege bosa kataya la manda kawaya. Men are turning, hallelujah, from darkness to light. The scales are falling upon their eyes, hallelujah. Leko shakata kabale bodosko parada. Yima katela manda kabaya. They become committed to the work of the Lord. Rika bonjeki kabala rabasata kabaya. They are zealous and are fire, oh God. Immediately they receive their salvation, hallelujah. Marco soto kobrada kabosata kabaya. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. We are living a quiet and peaceable life, hallelujah. Hey, in all honesty, in all godliness, Marco soto kobaya. Because yes, many are coming to Christ uh, by the power of the Holy Ghost. A huge harvest, a huge harvest, a huge harvest of souls. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are being connected from at this time. You are welcome to the Inspired by the Word, times of devotional, devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, esteemed Sister Amaka, for the opportunity to always lead prayers. I'm so grateful. Over to you right now, Ma, for the Rhapsody of Realities devotion. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah, for an amazing time of prayer. We are making power available. We're causing changes in the realm of the spirit, in our worlds, in our homes, in our families, most importantly, in our lives. Someone said that prayer, the the most amazing benefit of prayer is not what it does concerning the matter that you are praying about. It is what it does to you who is praying. Praise God. Today is Friday, 19th of March, 2021. And we are going to be reading our devotional article together at the moment. If you have it, ensure that you're looking at it. It will be displayed on the screen also. Ensure that you are following. Holy, faultless, and guiltless. That's the title of today's devotional article. And our opening scripture is taken from Ephesians 5, 26 to 27, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The Lord Jesus is coming for a glorious church, one without blemish, a faultless church. You say, is that possible? Absolutely. That's what his redemptive work was all about. Colossians 1, 21 to 22, CEV translation says, you used to be far from God, your thoughts made you his enemies, and you did evil things. But his son became a human and died. So God made peace with you. And now he lets you stand in his presence as a people who are holy and faultless and innocent. Hallelujah. Through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on 
your behalf. You now dwell in his presence. There's no enmity between you and the Father. Read Ephesians 2, 13 to 16. How comforting it is to know the true nature and character of our Heavenly Father. He brought us to himself. James 1, verse 5 says he upbraideth not, which means he doesn't reproach or criticize you. He doesn't blame you for anything. He doesn't count your sins against you. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19. You are free from accusation. You've been justified. No wonder Paul got poetical in Romans 8, 33 to 34, saying, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is reason again. Then in verses 38 and 39, he climaxed, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus Christ already died for you. He was condemned in your place. Thus, no one should condemn you anymore. Romans 8 and verse 1. That scripture says, now there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Christ is your righteousness, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30. It doesn't matter who accuses you. It doesn't matter who accuses you. It doesn't matter who accuses you. Let it be father, let it be mother, let it be boss. Let it be the person that you look up to the most. It doesn't matter who accuses you, not wife, not husband, not brother, not sister. It doesn't matter who accuses you. You are holy, faultless, and guiltless before God because Jesus took responsibility for all, 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 all your sins. He's the reason God doesn't charge you with wrong. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, um, one of the, the greatest things that you can do for yourself as a believer is the understanding of the doctrine of righteousness. When you understand the doctrine of righteousness, that's when you begin to really enjoy your life. Because you see, freedom is not the absence of a physical prison. Many people are prison to themselves, prison in their minds. There was a time in my life I was in that space. It is that space where so much is happening around you, but you can't even see it. You can't even participate. You can't get yourself to live outside of what is going on inside your mind. Many are in the prisons of their minds. Many are in the prisons of the past mistakes that they've made. They haven't yet forgiven themselves. Do you know that it is pride to not forgive yourself? Because Christ paid for every wrong. Paul said that do we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. No, we will not continue in sin because grace abounds. But the truth of the matter is that irrespective of what it is, Christ paid for it, past, 
present and future. And when you take a hold of the doctrine of righteousness, you will always be free on the inside. Nobody can successfully condemn you. Do you know that? <laughs> you can call me now and tell me that and list all the people that matter in my life and say, oh, they had a meeting and I was the subject of discussion in the meeting and that they said I did this, I did that and that they are very upset with me. The next thing that will come out of my mouth, <laughs> I am unblameable. I am unblameable. I am irreproachable. I am irreprovable. It's a consciousness of my righteousness. Nothing can be imputed against me. See, when you understand the doctrine of righteousness, you know, when the scripture says he rescued it and he delivered it, right? To deliver, right? is to help somebody not to get into a particular situation. Let me give you an example. You've heard of kidnapping cases before, right? And then um, um, there is, you, 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 you probably found out that there was a vehicle you entered and that after you had alighted from that vehicle, the other people in the vehicle were probably kidnapped. And then you're like, wow, God delivered me from evil. But there's what rescue means. Rescue means that they actually kidnapped you and carried you like every other person. Like the story and the testimony of the younger sister of one of my colleagues. It was a Yukos prayer testimony because at the time when this was happening, we were praying at Yukos time. And Pastor had told us to pray for our families, right? She was kidnapped and taken. And they went to the slaughterhouse. They actually were kidnapped for rituals. And they were put on a long queue. And I think she was like number five, number six on the queue. So while they were, she was there, Yukos prayer was going on. At that time, we were praying for our families. We were in the office. She was number five or number six on the line. And then the, the, they were queued to be slaughtered. And before her eyes, number one was slaughtered. Number two was slaughtered. They could see it. It was not, um, they were not being hidden. Number three, number four, number five. And then it got to her. And just before she was going to be moved to the front for her turn, the priest that was in charge of the, of the den came out and started screaming. He said, who brought this lady here? Who brought this lady here? Do you people want to destroy my business? Take her out of here now. They were trying to calm him down. He said, I will not be calm until she's gone. Take her out of here now and ensure that she's gone far, far, far away from here. He delivered it and he rescued it. What am I trying to say? If he doesn't deliver you from getting into trouble, even inside that trouble, he will come to rescue you. It is his nature. It is his character. And it will also interest you that God also delivers and rescues you from the trouble that you get yourself into. Let me explain this in the few minutes that we have. When you got born again, you have read in your scripture that you were bought with a price, right? You were bought with a price. What that means is that you become the personal property of Christ. And now as every property, as every belonging, 
right? There is the safeguarding that the owner of the belonging plays in protecting that whatever it is that he possesses. Let me give an example. You are a mother and you have young children. You're, you're a father. You're raising young children. And then you guys are probably taking a walk in the park and your young child lifts your hand and is running towards the water. What do you do? You run after the child. You don't say this child, <laughs> you think that we are in the house. You think that we are joking. Go and enter the water now. You will know that life is not like that. No, you take responsibility as a father. You take responsibility as a mother. There are certain times you maybe, you maybe you did not even notice on time the child has entered the water already. You will run, you will jump into that water and get the child all out. Why? You take responsibility because the child is yours. Brothers and sisters, that is how God takes responsibility for our lives. He is constantly watching over you. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are to and fro the whole earth, showing himself strong on behalf of them that put their trust in him. How does he show himself strong if there is no situation to show himself strong? So whether he was cursed by somebody, forget about the people that are having meeting on your matter. Forget about the ones that have sworn that you will not make progress. Brother and sister, enjoy your life in Christ. If they can stop God, then they can stop you. Do you know what it means to say that? Ye are dead in Christ and your life is hid in Christ, in God. It means that to have access to me, to do me any harm, you need to come to God first. You need to enter into God. You need to break him, penetrate him. Then you need to get into Christ. Then you need to break Christ. You need to penetrate Christ. Then you have access to me. Only until then can any man do me harm. Only until then can any devil hatched out of hell, any demon, any man born of a woman, only until then can they do me harm. See, when you understand the scripture, your confidence will lie in your understanding of the scripture. That is why the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It is the lack of knowledge of the scripture that makes men afraid. Why are we bold? Somebody sent me a message on Mother's Day and she was reminding me about what happened last year. With everything that happened, she was saying that in her own space, she said, Pastor Chris, Hazona Pastor and myself were the only three people she knew in her contacts that stood for the truth. And she was thanking me for my boldness and many things. She said a lot of things. Why am I bold? Why am I afraid of nothing and no one? The children see brothers and sisters. Some people call it pride, but I fear nobody in this life. I fear nobody. It is not pride. It's a, it's a knowledge of who I am in Christ. It's a knowledge of the God that I am one with. Do you know what it means to be one with the one who made the whole earth? Brothers and sisters, this is why I know that, see, I will give in the zillions because I am one with the one who made this world. I am one with the one who said, let there be light and there was light. And then that one says, Amara, you are a zillionaire. Bala kosa katelibra anta lagabaye. I will be a fool for not believing in this God. I would rather be a fool for faith than be esteemed amongst men for my foolishness not to trust God. Brothers and sisters, there is a message understanding righteousness. We listened to it. I think it was January or February. Go back to it. Go back to it. Understand what righteousness means. Understand what it means to be one with God. See, 
Christ in me and me in Christ. See, there are certain things that when you come to the full understanding of those things, it does not matter what happens. Somebody says that, Amarak, you don't look like what you've been through. I was speaking to somebody on the phone and we were talking about certain things that happened last year that had to do with me. She started crying. She's, she's, she's actually a big a leader to me and she started crying. She said, you mean you went through all of this? I said, I, said, I can't tell you everything. He said, you don't look it. I said, because it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't change who I am. Brothers and sisters, nothing in this life can change who you are. Let it settle in your spirit. No wrong that you do will change what God has done. Did you hear what I said? No wrong that you do will change what God has done. God is not going to undo what he has done. He already paid the price with Christ's son. He already made you one with him. Nothing is going to happen for him to change your oneness with him. You see, when a father says, son, you did this, I have disowned you. In actual fact, let us be honest. Can a father actually disown his son? Can he go back in history? to undo the blood that flows in that son? Can he change the fact that that son was born of him? Can he alter the DNA? No, now. So those things are mere talks. If it is not possible naturally, then forget it. Is it spiritual that we're talking about? The Bible says that God, <laughs> there is no shadow of turning with him. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Be confident of this very thing, brothers and sisters. He who has begun a good work in you, that thing that God has started, it doesn't matter what it looks like now. It doesn't matter that it looks like the whole world is against you. Hold on to prophecy. Hold on to that which God has said concerning you. It will certainly come to pass. And this is your season of change. You are seeing the fulfillment of every word of prophecy spoken concerning you. God bless you. It's a beautiful day for you. And the rest of this month is filled with miracles. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy at this time for the further study and the Rhapsody prayer. God bless you. Wow. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka. Thank you so much. There's no other way to start our day than hearing all of these words. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connected from. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Um, I'll be taking the further study, and we're reading from we're reading from First Thessalonians three, thirteen, from the Amplified Classic Version. It says, "So that He may strengthen and confirm, and establish your heart faultlessly, pure and unblameable in holiness." in the sight of our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, with all his saints, the holy and glorified people of God. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Also reading from Romans 5, 8 to 9. But God commanded his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being more justified by his blood, we shall be saved from rot through him. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to be taking the confession together. It's displayed on the 
on the screen. We're going to be taking the prayer together. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. Dear Father, I thank you for the ultimate sacrifice by which I now stand justified in your presence. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, unblameable and irreprovable in your sight. Thank you for ushering me into this new life of righteousness where I reign and rule with Christ forever. In Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Z as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your kind attention. Over to you, Brother Z. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depends on where we're connecting from around the world. Welcome to the global, inspired by the word global, devotion. Thank you for being consistent with this daily Bible reading. Thank you, Sister Marco, for this wonderful opportunity. I am unblameable. Glory to God. Um, today we are reading the book of Luke, and we've been going through the New Testament, and we're reading the message translation. So today the caption I have in front of us is blessings. Verse 21 says, when the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. He was someone that was interceding for the kingdom of Israel, reigning and ruling as God had promised them in prophecies. The Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit has shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. As the parents of the child brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see. A God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people, Israel. Praise God. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. Simeon went on to bless them and say to Mary, his mother, this child marked both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel a figure misunderstood and contradicted. The pain of a sword thrust through you, but the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. 
And as we go out today, all the prophecies that we have received, and so we are we're led by the Spirit to walk into them and to manifest them and to walk in the fullness and the reality of them, just like Simeon did in Jesus' name. Verse 36 says, Anna the prophetess was also dear, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was by now a very old woman. She had married seven years and a widow for 84. She never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. When they finished everything required by God in the law, they returned to Galilee and their own town, Nazareth. There, the child grew strong in body and wise in spirit. And the grace of God was on him. The caption, they found him in the temple. Every year, Jesus' parents traveled to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up as they always did for the feast. When it was over and they left for home, the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know it. Thinking he was somewhere in the company of pilgrims, they journeyed for a whole day and then began looking for him among relatives and neighbors. When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. The next day, they found him in the temple, seated among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with the sharpness of his answers, but his parents were not impressed. They were upset and hot. His mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. He said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? But they had no idea what he was talking about. So he went back to Nazareth with them and lived obediently with them. His mother held these things dearly, deep within herself. And Jesus matured, growing up in both body and spirits, blessed by both God and people. And so as we go forth today, as we are growing in spirit, as we read God's word daily here, we are blessed by both God and people. In Jesus' name, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. Right now, I'll be handing over to Brother John, who will take us the Old Testament. Old Testament. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> thank you very much, Brother Z. Warm greetings, everyone. Now, um, and a big thank you to esteemed Amarak for this opportunity. Now we're in Deuteronomy chapter 13. We are reading three chapters today.
So I'm sharing my screen now so that we can all see it. So I'll be taking the first two while I hand over to Esteemed Amarak for the last one. So Deuteronomy chapter 13 from verse 1, when a prophet or visionary gets up in your community and gives out a miracle sign or wonder, and the miracle sign or wonder that he gave out happens, and he says, let's follow other gods. These are gods you know nothing about. Let's worship them. Don't pay attention. Don't pay any attention to what that prophet or visionary says. God, your God is testing you to find out if you totally love him with everything you have in you. You are to follow, you are to follow only God, your God. Hold him in deep reverence. Keep his commandments. Listen obediently to what he says. Serve him. Hold on to him for dear life. And that prophet or visionary must, must be put to death. He has urged mutiny against God, your God, who rescued you from Egypt, who redeemed you from a world of slavery and put you on the road on which God, your God, has commanded you to walk. Purge the evil from your company. Hmm. I'm sure if you're, I'm sure many of us, just by reading this, we can know and have an idea of what God is saying and what is happening in our day to day. I'll not say much. From verse six, and when your brother or son or daughter, or even your dear wife or lifelong friend comes to you in secret and whispers, let's go and worship some other gods, gods that you know nothing about, neither you nor your ancestors, the gods of the peoples around you, near and far, from one end of the earth to the other. Don't go along with him. Shut your ears. Don't feel sorry for him and don't make excuses for him. <laughs> he said, kill him. That is right. Kill him. You, you throw the first stone. Take action at once and swiftly with everybody in the community getting in on it at the end. Stone him with stones so that he dies. He tried to turn you traitor against God, your God, the one who got you out of Egypt and the world of slavery. Hmm. We can see how God vehemently despises this action of turning his people against him. It is well. Verse 11, every man, woman, and child in Israel will hear what is being done and be in awe. No one will dare to do an evil thing like this again. See, God calls it an evil thing. When word comes in from one of your cities that God, your God, is giving you to live in, reporting that evil men have gotten together with some of the citizens of the city and have broken away, saying, let's go and worship other gods, gods you know nothing about, then you must conduct a careful examination. Ask questions, investigate. If it turns out that the report is true and this abomination did in fact take place in your community, you must execute the citizens of that town, kill them, setting that city apart for holy destruction. The city and everything in it, including its animals, gather the plunder in the middle of the town square and burn it up. Town and plunder together up in smoke. 
a holy sacrifice to God, your God. Leave it there, ashes and ruins. Don't build on that site again. And don't let any of the plunder devoted to holy destruction stick to your fingers. Get rid of it so that God may turn from anger to compassion, generously making you prosper, just as he promised your ancestors. Yes, obediently listen to God, your God. Keep all his commands that I am giving you today. Do the right thing in the eyes of God, your God. Hmm. Okay, we move to Deuteronomy chapter 14. From verse 1, you are children of God, your God. So don't mutilate your bodies or shave your heads in funeral sites for the dead. <laughs> you only are a people holy to God, your God. God chose you out of all the people on, on earth as his cherished personal treasure. Don't eat anything abominable. These are the animals you may eat. Ox, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, roebuck wild goat, ibex, antelope, mountain sheep, any animal that has a cloven hoof and chews the cord. But you may not eat camels, rabbits, and rock badgers because they chew the cord, but they don't have a cloven hoof. That makes them ritually unclean. And pigs, don't eat pigs. <laughs> they have a cloven hoof, but don't chew the cord which makes them ritually unclean. Don't even touch a pig's carcass. This is what you may eat from the water, anything that has fins and scales. But if it doesn't have fins or scales, you may not eat it. It is ritually unclean. Verse 11, you may eat any ritually clean bird. These are the exceptions. These are the exceptions. So don't eat these. Eagle, vulture, black vulture, kite, falcon, the buzzard family, the raven family, ostrich, night hawk, the hawk family, little owl, great owl, white owl, pelican, osprey, cormorant, stock, the heron family, hoopoe, bats, winged insects are ritually unclean, don't eat them. But ritually clean winged creatures are permitted because you are a people holy to God. Your God, don't eat anything that you may that you find dead. You can, you can do give it to a foreigner in your neighborhood for a meal or sell it to a foreigner. Don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. Make an offering of 10%, a tithe of all the produce which grows in your fields, year after year. Bring this into the presence of God, your God, at the place he designates for worship, and there eat the tithe from your grain wine and oil and the firstborn from your herds and flocks in this way you will learn to live in deep reverence before god your god as long as you live but if the place god your god designates for worship is too far away and you can't carry your tithes that far god your god will still bless you exchange your tithes for money and take the money to the place god your god has chosen to be worshiped Use the money to buy anything you want, cattle, sheep, wine, or beer, anything that looks good to you. You and your family can then feast in the presence of God, your God, and have a good time. Meanwhile, don't forget to take care of the Levites who live in your towns. They won't get any property or inheritance of their own, as you will. At the end of the, every third year, gather the tithe from all your produce of that year and put it aside in storage. Keep it in reserve 
for the Levite who won't get any property or inheritance as you will, and for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow who live in your neighborhood. That way, they will have plenty to eat, and God, your God, will bless you in all your work. Praise be unto God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, over to you, esteemed Amarak. I should go to chapter 15. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, John. It's such a pleasure to hear you read the scriptures. Thank you also, Brother Doze. Sometimes I just want to listen to you guys and just not remember that I'm supposed to take any part. Thank you so much. Wow. So there, there were certain striking things that I saw as you all read. One of it, when Brother Doze was reading in Luke chapter 2, it says, Jesus was strong in body and wise in spirit. By the scriptures, we know that wisdom comes from the word of God. So when he was saying he was wise in spirit, that means that he feasted on the word. He was daily committed to the word as we do on a daily basis here. And wisdom came out of it. But when he says strong in body, my question, and I'm throwing it open, is it possible that Jesus used to exercise? We know that um, there is... Um, there is um, um, growth and then there is strength. <laughs> growth comes from eating. Strength comes from exercising. Just my thoughts, you know. Then something else that I saw as we read, it talked about the fact that when Brother, um, Brother John started in chapter 13, was saying that you can have a man of God, and this is very, very, very instructive in these last days, who comes to perform all the signs and wonders. So, because we know that a man of God, one of the signs of a man of God is, is the, the, the supernatural. But he said that if you have somebody like that who comes to perform signs and wonders, but then tells you that, oh, there is another God, come, let's go and seek him. He said, do not follow. And why it is instructive, because as a leader, because <laughs> I've, I've had to deal with a lot of people through the years, counseling and many things even across the different networks that i lead sometimes you're talking to somebody and the person said how that this prophet um okay there was a case where a a, a so-called man of god wanted to is it was basically deceiving this sister because he wanted to marry her i know but that it was a deceit but why was she falling for it because she felt like oh the man works miracles he exhibits a lot of the supernatural so she just felt like oh he speaks as the oracle of god he cannot lie you read it today in the scripture we did not write the bible signs and wonders are not enough to be misled and misguided by a someone who tempts himself as a man of God. That is why you must know the scriptures for yourself. If any man of God, irrespective of his office, begins to teach you something that is contrary to the word of God, especially when he says that, you see this God, there is not the true God. And we've seen it happen in these times. When men of God who preach that Jesus heals, that Jesus saves, that Jesus delivered, are now telling us to go and take vaccine. They are telling you to go after another God. They are telling you that God doesn't work. So go for the vaccines. That's what they are telling you. That's exactly what we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 13. So we must be wise. Be wise. Be wise. If you follow such a man of God, <laughs> you are following to hellfire. Christ died for you, not a man. So as much as God gives us leaders, but they did not die for you. 
and they are not the reason for your salvation. Christ must always be um, 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 remain the object of our deepest affection. We read that a few days ago in, in, in the Rhapsody of Realities. And then finally, another thing that caught my attention was chapter 14, where it says, um, it was telling them that if they do this and they do that, that God can turn from anger to compassion. This thing I'm telling you is why I said that it doesn't matter who they say is having meeting to say that they are upset with me. This is the understanding that I have. For instance, there was a time people were telling me that Pastor Chris was upset with me. I said, Pastor Chris cannot be upset with me. It's only God. See, because if, even if he were upset with me, I understood the scripture that God can turn from anger to compassion. How? Let's leave that for another class. Or see, what I'm trying to say, have confidence in the love of God. His love is unconditional and remain unblameable. It is your choice. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 15, at the end of every seventh year, cancel all debts. This is the procedure. Everyone who has learned money to a neighbor writes it off. You must not press your neighbor or his brother for payment. All debts are canceled. God says so. You may collect payment from foreigners, but whatever you have learned to your fellow Israelites, you must write it off. So you guys are seeing what God is telling to the children of Israel. Some of you, your brother will owe you money. You carry police to go and arrest them. God forbid. God forbid and God forgive you. We don't go, we don't, we don't see. You, you may say, eh, but um, should, should, I, should we just allow certain things go? Brother and sister, how much is the money that you borrowed? How much is it? Is it, is, it, is it bigger than life? Are you bigger than it? I know the story of a, a particular matter that we had to deal with where both we, we, the, 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 the two people involved, the other guy knew that the other guy didn't steal the money. It was an investment that didn't go well. And the other guy has agreed that he's going to pay the money, but that he needed time. The other brother took police to go and arrest him and lock him up. That he had to borrow the money to pay. What kind of heartlessness is that? How much is the money? You say, oh, it's 10 million. Are you not bigger than 10 million that you had to use the police to arrest your brother in Christ? He said, no, he took advantage of me. Oh, oh, many took advantage of Jesus. He did not make him change his mind about us. These things are in the scriptures for a reason. Verse four, there must, be a, there must be no poor people amongst, among you because God is going to bless you lavishly in this land that God, your God is giving you as an inheritance, your own land. I don't know what the scripture means to you, but I'm shouting in my spirit because when I read the scriptures, even though it is the Old Testament, even though God was talking to the Israelites, forgive me today, we're going to be, take a bit of a little extra time. But even though he was talking to the Israelites, right? He's showing me the mindset of God. You know, I said that as we read the Bible, always remember that we're studying about the nature of God, the character of God, the expressions of God, the personality of God. How is he? How does he think? How does he talk? How does he act? That's what we are seeing daily through the scripture. He said there should be no poor people amongst you. You can boast that because of you, everybody in your family will be wealthy. Brothers and sisters, that is my mentality. That is my mentality. That if I dwell in abundance, all my family certainly dwells in abundance. I come from a family that when one has, everybody has. That's how we were raised. He said there should be, there must, he was giving them an instruction. 
that he was telling them that it depends on you. It does not depend on me. He said, there must be no poor people among you because God is going to bless you lavishly. Amara, God is blessing you lavishly. Blessing you lavishly, lavishly, lavishly. In this land that God, your God is giving you as an inheritance, your very own land. That means God is saying, I will give you your own properties. I will give you your own businesses. I will give you your own money. How do you interpret the scripture? This is what this verse means to me. I am blessed with my own things. And I am so blessed that nobody around me is poor. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like screaming. I feel like throwing away my phone. I feel like shouting. These are scriptures. They call them shouting scriptures. Shouting scriptures. They make you shout. They make your spirit bubble. They give you confidence in the God that you serve. But only if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, diligently observing every commandment that I command you today. Oh, yes, God, your God will bless you just as he promised. He will do it as he promised. And with us, there is no fulfillment of promise. He has done it. He has done it. He has done it. I am blessed lavishly. I am blessed lavishly. I am so blessed that nobody around me is poor. Nobody around me is poor. You will lend to many nations, but you won't borrow from any. Ah, thank you, Jesus. I lend to many nations and I borrow from no one. You that you are always borrowing, go and meditate on this scripture. Say it a thousand times in a day. If you are here and you are owing any money, you need to go and meditate on this scripture. After this session, sit down in your room and say, I learned to many nations. It's like when you finally recognize who you are. This is who you are. You are a lender to nations. You are not a borrower. So you're going to deal with all debts. You are not only going to clear those debts. Eh? You will have so much in this new season. You'll be distributing lavishly, lavishly without any care without any, any restraints. You will lend to many nations, but you won't borrow from any. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. I am who God says I am. When you happen on someone who is in trouble or needs help among your people with whom you live in this land that God, your God is giving you, don't look the other way, pretending you don't see him. <laughs> hey, this God. See how God understands man. He said, don't look. You see that brother in church. You see him. His shoes are torn. You have 15 shoes in your wardrobe. You are priding over it. May God not slap you. In my cell, through the years, there's one thing we always did. My, some of my members are here, they will testify. When we have a member who comes into our midst and we seek and we just discover that this person is not looking very nice, is not dressing well because they don't have a lot of clothes. We look at the person's size. We summon, I start with the leaders. I'm like, you, 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 your clothes is going to size that lady. You, your shoe, go and we will get somebody to give us the details, the shoe size, the clothes size, everything. For, for some of the, for clothes, we can tell. For shoe size, we will confirm. And I will say, you, Sister Joy, when you are coming tomorrow, bring two shoes. You, when you are coming tomorrow, how many clothes are you going to bring? That's how they will bring it for the next cell meeting. We'll package it neatly and we'll gift the person. 
He said, don't look away and pretend like you did not see him. He said, don't keep a tight grip on your purse. Don't keep a tight grip on your purse. Be a giver. Be a distributor. And do you understand that God was not talking about giving to God? Many people give and they win award in church. The people that are around you, how many of them can testify that you are a giver? There is nobody that is in my space that I have not given something to. Man and woman. Don't keep a tight grip on your purse. No, look at him. Open your purse. Ah, God. These things are in the Bible. Open your purse. Lend whatever and as much as he needs. Don't count the cost. Don't listen to that selfish voice saying, it's almost the seventh year. The year of all debts are canceled. The year of all debts are canceled. And turn aside and leave your needy labor in the lodge refusing to help him. He will call God's attention to you and your blackened sin. God is saying it is a sin to see a brother in need and not help when you could have helped. You say, this brother, and even though he's saying he wants to, he's, he's, he, he, he's, he's borrowing this money, we all know that he doesn't pay. Give him what you can give him. Don't borrow him. That's what God is saying. Don't borrow him. Give. Give. There are certain people that come and say, I want to borrow something from you. When I give them, I say, don't worry, you don't have to pay back. As much as possible. As much as possible. Except probably at that time, I didn't have that cash. And then I had to borrow it to give to the person. Even in most cases, I will raise the money and pay and tell the person, don't worry. Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God. The way you handle matters like this triggers God. Some of you, after this meeting, you need to do a distribution of blessing. You need to remember people that had asked you for something that you refused. You need to call them up and send them something. He said, because this thing matters like this, the way you handle it triggers God. Some of you, you need to, you need to touch God's heart this morning. This afternoon, this evening, you need to touch somewhere in God's heart. That thing that you have been praying for, that contract that has been delaying, maybe it is this seed that would release it. Maybe it is this thing that you are going to do for that sister, for that brother today that would cause the release because matters like this triggers God's heart. Some of, some of my members are probably seeing for the first time why I give to people the way I give. I can empty my wardrobe. They know what I'm saying. I can empty my whole wardrobe for my people. I did not take the seed to church. I didn't go to drop it on the altar for people. I used to say that, see, it is, it is okay to say you are giving to God because there is an award you will win, partnership award at the end of the year. What can you give to a human being? How much is the highest amount you are giving to another person? I pray a prayer. I say, God, when somebody prays, send me as the answer. That means somebody can be praying for a millionaire and God will ask me to give the person a million. I will not count the money too big. I do not count anything too big to give to a person. My people are here, they will testify. The way you handle matters like this triggers God. Your God's blessing in everything you do, all your work and ventures. Brothers and sisters, do not forget this scripture. Blessings in everything you do, all your work. See, some of us have sown seeds. You have done prayer and fasting. Nothing is changing. This is the solution. This is where it is. How you are treating your fellow brothers and sisters. 
He said, blessing in everything you do, all your work and ventures with a with strong emphasis on all. He said, even if you are working, there will be a blessing. If you do business, all your business ventures, we experience the blessings of God. Look at men, look out for men in business who are generous to the poor around them, who are generous to people around them. You will see that their business consistently prospers. They are always going to be poor and needy people amongst, among you. So I command you, always be generous. Open paws and hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbors. If a Hebrew man or Hebrew woman was sold to you and has served you for six years, in the seventh year, you must set him or her free, released into a free life. And when you set them free, don't send them off empty-handed. Provide them with some animals, plenty of bread, wine, and oil. Load them with provisions from all the blessings with which God, your God, has blessed you. Don't wait for a minute. Don't for a minute forget that you were once slaves in Egypt and God, your God, redeemed you that slave from that slave world. Your cousin came to spend holiday with you. When they are going, what do you do? What do you do, sister? Take the girl into your room. Tell her, look at my wardrobe. Choose five to ten any outfits that you require. I do it. The times when my members will come, they say, ah, Sister Maka, I like this. I say, okay, there are five of you. Or I look through the wardrobe. All of you pick one, one stuff, anything that you like. Say, are you serious? They begin to scream. I do it. He said, don't just send them away empty-handed. For that reason, this day I command you to do this. Verse 16, but if your slave, because he loves you and your family and has a good life with you, says, I don't want to leave you. Then take an awl and pierce, take an awl and pierce through his earlobe into the doppels, marking him as your slave forever. Do the same with your women slave who want to stay with you. Don't consider this an unreasonable hardship. This setting your slave free. After all, he worked six years for you and, and, and at half the cost of a hired hand. Believe me, your God will bless you in everything you do. He said, these things that I'm telling you, you can guarantee that if you will do them, I will bless you in everything that you do. Consecrate to God, your God, all the firstborn males in your herds and flocks. Don't use the firstborn from your herds as work animals. Don't share the firstborn from your flocks. These are for you to eat every year. These are for you to eat every year. You and your family in the presence of God, your God, at the place that God designates for worship. If the animal is defective, lame, say, or blind, anything wrong with it, don't slaughter it as a sacrifice to God, your God. Stay at home and eat it there. Both the ritually clean and unclean may eat it, the same as with a gazelle or a deer. Only you must not eat its blood. Pour the blood out on the ground like water. Thank you, Father, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We are what the word of God says we are. And we are doers of the word, not just hearers. Think, see, this thing that I've told you today, by tomorrow, we will try as much as possible to take specific testimonies that had to do with the instruction of today. We will. I'm going to hand over right away to Brother Martins for the Pauline affirmation. And thank you for your patience and thank you for the extra time. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much. Ah, thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. It's been an amazing time this morning. Thank you for the exhortation. Thank you for everything this world has inspired you to tell us, to speak to us this morning. 
Okay, this morning we are taking our caller information, and our caller information goes thus: You start with your name. My name is. You say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The second paragraph: You start with your name. I. You say your name. I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph: You say your name. My love abounds more and more. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute at this time as we take our affirmation at the count of three. Please do unmute yourself right now. At the count of three, we go one, two, three. My and the sky is my name is Amakarichamori. This is a very Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, everyone. At this moment, we'll quickly take the communion. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, thank you, God, for this body, <laughs> this bread that we break today, signifying your body that was broken for us. We enjoy all the life all the blessings wherein you have blessed us. Thank you for the freedom that comes with your word. Indeed, we know the truth and the truth makes us free. Imagine the kind of freedom that we've experienced today, just hearing the kind of things that you want us to do in our relationship with one another. Thank you, Father, because as we make the adjustments, as you said, 
the blessings will be evident and they will be so lavishly expressed in our lives for all men to see. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please break the bread and have it. Verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. These two years after you drink it in remembrance of me, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blood, the cup, oh, hallelujah. Seal with your blood. Today is a fantastic day for everyone here as we go. Thank you, O oh God, for improved relationship with other believers, improved relationships with other men. Thank you, O oh God, for how we treat other people going forward from now. It can only get better. And as we get better, as we do the things that you've asked us to do in our relationship with one another, we enjoy the blessings that comes from such instructions in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You can take the call. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, one of the things that you must, one of the constant state of heart that you must have is the desire to see the other man become better and to see him succeed. When you are that way, nothing anybody does would be, will get to that point where you cut the person off. Nothing anybody does will put you off to that point where you begin to walk in unrighteousness. Nothing that person would do would change your love for the person. And you would always look for opportunities to be a blessing. You will refer their businesses to others. You will do everything in your power just to make that person happy and put a smile on their face. You have read today that your relationship with others and how you treat other people is very important to God. Make the due adjustment. Some of us will need to go back to the scripture and read it again and make the adjustments. You may be, somebody may be owing you this is that time for you to probably call and let go of the money. And then a bigger money will come than that one. And you will see that God is big and that he is your source. Thank you everybody for such an amazing time with this family. As in, this is one, like one of my best times of the day, this devotion with the Inspired by the Word team. Thank you so much, everybody. Co-host, you guys are simply amazing. God bless you. Let us share the benediction at this time. Please unmute your mic. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. Ma. I love you. I love you too. I love you, Ma. Daddy, Daddy, Ma.